0: It's Bond-tober, and this is the Movie Ticket Radio Podcast. I'm your charming and delightful host, J.R. Russ, along with Hall of Fame broadcaster John Records Landecker. And all this month, we're looking at the music in all of the James Bond movies, and today we're even checking out the cars. So join us now as Bond-tober continues... More bond. People have been saying give us more bond, bond, bondathon. In fact, more bond more often, I think. That's what yes. we should just call this podcast. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, we've gone from Bontober. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually into Bon Vember now.
1: <laughs> and it's- hopefully, This wraps it up, doesn't it?
0: It does. And this is because we actually started a week late because we waited for the Bond movie to actually come out before we did the first episode.
1: Well, that makes sense.
0: And so, you know, we're running a little over, but I think that, you know, when you're doing this many movies and the cars, too, there's a lot going on.
1: You better believe it.
0: Now, we did get our first email from a listener. (gasps) No. Yes. Oh, my God. Jeff what is it? Jeff in Phoenix wrote us. Yes. And he said that in A View to a Kill, also included in the soundtrack that we did not mention was California Girls by the Beach Boys. Now, A View to Kill... That's the one with Duran Duran. And the Beach Boys? I remember it was shot in San Francisco where Christopher Walken was the crazed guy that was running a blimp and flew it into the Golden Gate Bridge or was going to create the big earthquake and, you know, make Silicon Valley the new shore point, I guess. And I remember that they did play California Girls in that and I went, that really sounds out of place, but it was there and, uh, of course, the song written by Brian Wilson and your close friend, Mike Love, who you just you know, recently interviewed. Yes, I did.
1: You know, and how grateful we are that someone actually sent us an email.
0: Yeah, and ah, if, if you want to write to us, please do. It's movieticketradio oh. at gmail.com.
1: Good God, what can be
0: next? I don't know. Maybe more to listeners? I don't know. Uh, Maybe somebody uh, will retweet us with like millions of followers and we'll take off into the stratosphere.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, we now jump into the two final Bonds, or the most recent Bonds. Yes. Pierce Brosnan, GoldenEye, 1994. hmm And this is the first completely original Bond movie without any reference to even Ian Fleming's novel or short story. They just kind of wrote the script and said, let's run with it. And Ralph Fiennes actually auditioned for James Bond here and didn't get the role, but then replaced James. Dame Judi Dench as M in Skyfall in 2012. So
1: Of course, making M a non-gender specific role.
0: That's correct. Yes. And of course we also, in the last podcast mentioned all of the maneuvering that went on with timothy dalton and pierce brosnan and how nbc jerked pierce brosnan around because he was remington steel on tv and oh, a yeah, yeah, whole bunch yeah, of stuff there so yeah, yeah. they finally got this going and at the time the script was written mm-hmm. the producers were under the assumption that dalton would be renewing his bond and It was written to match Dalton's darker, more realistic portrayal of 007. So Piers lightened it up a bit. And Roger Moore actually paid a visit to the set to see his son Christian, who was working as a third assistant director, and he... Quipped in front of Brosnan that his test hadn't worked out so actually Moore was brought back
1: <laughs> uh, so Roger Moore had a son on the set called Christian Moore yeah did Clayton Moore show up eventually
0: I am not sure the Lone Ranger I'm not really sure masked but, man meets bond but he was kind of messing with Pierce's head to say that uh, he was yeah. coming back to play yeah. bond one more time and the theme For it was sung by Tina Turner, and I didn't realize this, written by the U2 guys, Bono wrote the music, and The Edge wrote the lyrics. Well. In the name of Bond. Uh, The end theme, also not a very good song, sung by Eric Serra, The Experience of Love. and Don't know
1: it, don't want it, don't hear it, can't
0: remember it it sounded like it was recorded on a cassette deck it was not a really good quality recording and the only other really music of note in it was the james bond theme once again monty norman Mm -hmm. the writer there and another song that gets credit was stand by your man Uh uh-huh now when bond goes to see his this russian guy robbie coltrane in his club there's this woman singing off key on the stage. And he's the guy that says, oh, Bond, James Bond. And it's Minnie Driver.
1: Oh, no kidding. You know, the last time I had Minnie Driver was when I was golfing.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, this one was worth at least $5,000 because that's what she got for singing.
1: Okay. It's in the hole. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Whoops. (laughs) No, I think that's what they said about Xena on a top. That was Farmkey Jansen, and she actually drove some of the scenes in the opening chase where Bond had his Aston Martin and she had her Ferrari. Apparently, she's a a bit of an experienced driver. Right. Computer graphics were actually used to create the famous gun barrel opening, and so this was the first James Bond movie that used CGI. Uh Aha. I think the previous ones were just done with, like, putting the camera and shooting through a a toilet paper tube (laughs) and pouring ketchup over the edge. This was the first time a German sports car, in the case of the Z3 BMW, was used as the primary James Bond vehicle. What do you know about that? They made a big deal about it, and I think it appeared in the movie for about two minutes. Wow! Wow! pretty short when he was in Cuba, and uh, The Hollywood Reporter actually has a book called Product Placements.
1: Very interesting topic, by the way. Seriously,
0: it is. Yeah, maybe we'll do one on that one day.
1: It's not a serious topic, but I'm saying it's interesting to find out how that works and how much it's worth. Yeah. Because it's plenty.
0: Oh, really? And they, well, for example, BMW yes. paid $3 million for product placement, and they apparently recouped nearly $240 million in advanced sales. Got a mighty. That's some good return on your retirement money there.
1: Hello. Yeah. Uh,
0: they had an, a limited edition 007 model of the Z3 that sold out the day that it put on the market. And the movie represented the first of a three movie deal that BMW did to promote their cars. Wow. Yeah. Big, big bucks there. This was the first Bond movie that actually shot in Russia, most uh-huh. notably St. Petersburg, where he was driving the tank through the streets of town.
1: Well, looks like it's Iron Curtains for sure, Mr. Bond.
0: <laughs> and GoldenEye was the nickname of Ian Fleming's beachfront house in Jamaica.
1: Very interesting.
0: Yeah. So that takes us up to 1997, and Tomorrow Never Dies.
1: Indeed it doesn't, because it's never here.
0: Cheryl I Crow hear- did yeah. the, the song. Uh, she wrote the music, actually, and sang it. And Mitchell Froom wrote the lyrics.
1: Oh, That Froom, from the famous (laughs) Frooms. I know his mother, Mush, Mushroom. Uh, Okay, I gotta stop.
0: Oh man! Hello, Mister Pun. Nice to meet you. Surrender. The secondary theme that Katie Lang sang. That was a David Arnold and David McAlmont song, and Mm -hmm. Don Black wrote the lyrics. And of course, David Arnold deeply involved in the soundtrack. He also did a song that was pretty cool. Out of Bond riffs in it and i actually play that on the bondathon on movieticketradio.com because it's where bond test drives bmw with a cell phone and it's melodic it's not just a background song mm-hmm. and then they also had a the original or traditional version of it had to be you that simon greenaway did that's the isham jones and gus khan song from i think the 40s Oh, yeah, way back, yeah. Plus the James Bond theme by Monty Norman and the James Bond theme Moby's Reversion, arranged by Moby. And I know, you know, when you think of a reversion of a Bond song, you think Moby, right?
1: Well, when I think Moby, I think Dick.
0: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> You're, of course, talking of a whale. Uh, Of course I am. uh, What else
1: could I possibly be referring
0: to? Of course. And in this movie, Anthony Hopkins was cast as Elliot Carver, who joined the production but walked out three days later because it was so chaotic. There was no completed shooting script, and he opted instead to appear in The Mask of Zorro in 1998.
1: I love The Mask of Zorro.
0: Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah, it yeah. was good. Uh, Carver was actually the first Lexus December to Remember guy when Lexus cars first came oh, yeah. out, and Jonathan Price was cast as Elliot Carver, and he's got the distinction of being the only James Bond villain with a spouse, and he plays a Rupert Murdoch-like media mogul. Hmm. One of my favorite scenes is where Carver is doing a video conference with all his divisions, and the one guy says the new software is coming out, but I'm afraid it's full of bugs. And Carver just goes, "Excellent. We'll be selling updates for years." And that makes me think of some software company. Its name escapes me. It's it's not like a fruit. <laughs> Oh, BMW 750s one of their most expensive cars. Well, they wrecked 15 of them making the movie.
1: Oh, you know, give or take.
0: Yeah, you We've know. got
1: plenty on the line.
0: <laughs> not, to, not these days. Not now. No. Right. The world is not enough, John. 1999, yep. David Arnold doing the music, Don Blackmore, lyrics. The song performed by Garbage. <laughs> now, this is not my opinion of the group. That's their name. They had a pretty big hit called Stupid Girl in 1997. Oh,
1: no, they were were a thing for a while.
0: Yeah. Once again, the James Bond theme appeared in there. And when the real MI6 learned that the movie would be shot around headquarters, they moved to prohibit it, Mm. citing a security risk. However, the foreign secretary at the time urged parliament to okay it, saying, after all Bond has done for Britain, it was the least Britain could do for Bond. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah pip, pip. Pip, pip. I love watching Parliament. You ever watch that on PBS? Always. Oh, it's hilarious. When
1: I when I uh, lived in Canada, the radio station was owned by Rogers Communication, and they also carried all the cable stuff. And since I was an employee, I got every single cable company they had. Wow! Or not cable company, cable stream. And one of them was the Canadian Parliament. And I got one look at that, and I was a regular viewer. (laughs) It was unbelievable. So much yelling and screaming. You can't believe it.
0: Order! Order! The
1: right right honorable gentleman from Threatcoat doesn't know his Mississauga from a hole in the wall. (laughs) Oh,
0: man. That's great stuff. I wish our Congress was like that. At least it'd be entertaining. Oh,
1: man, it'd be awesome.
0: (laughs) Uh, And then in this movie, when Q, who uh, was Desmond Llewellyn, introduces James Bond to his successor, who is now played by John Cleese, Bond jokingly asked, does this make him R?" (laughs) <laughs> and the character's name is never mentioned in the movie and is credited as R. Excellent. And there was one scene in there where they're doing a water chase on the Thames and Bond gets all splashed, comes a kind of up from underwater, and mm. then he straightens his tie, and that apparently was an ad-lib by Brosnan. Oh. And you know, James Bond lived to die another day.
1: I know, that's what I heard.
0: Yep, yeah, that's the next movie. It took three years to put it together, mm. but they got one more in there. And that song was done by Madonna, Uh which she performed. And Marias Amandozai did the lyrics for that. Madonna wrote the, the song. Pretty good song. Not bad. Not a great Madonna song, but not a bad song. James Bond theme in it. And also, when they come back to England, you hear London calling, and that's The Clash.
1: Yes, and that was a hit.
0: Yeah. Mick Jones and Joe Strummer. And it's interesting that they used a hit song in the movie prior to it being released. Usually songs in Bond movies become the hits.
1: I did not know that chronological
0: timeline. Yes, it's true. What do
1: you know about that?
0: And then Pierce Brodsnan said that it was his least favorite Bond movie in which he appeared. And while filming their love scene in Cuba, Halle Berry choked on a fig. Well, next time, try a man. Really? Well, Pierce tried her. He performed the Heimlich on her and saved her. Just think, if it weren't for Pierce being there, she might be dead today. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And also, she got debris from a smoke grenade in her eye that took about a half hour to remove.
1: You know, you would think, with all the pyrotechnic action that occurred in movies before CGI, that that type of thing would have happened with pretty much regularity. I mean, yeah. Consider all the sand and the smoke and everything that's swirling in the air. I mean, you know, it's just it's there. So obviously, you're going to be exposed to
0: it. Yeah, well, you know, but every once in a while, somebody's head gets chopped off. I mean, look at Vic Morrow. You
1: know. Yeah. Oh, geez. And you think I'm what? And you you're criticizing me? (laughs) Well, I wasn't laughing
0: until you made me laugh. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, this was the first James Bond movie to feature an Aston Martin as the Bond car since The Living Daylights in 1987 yeah, as well. Glad
1: they brought it back. I love that car.
0: Yeah. Would you own one? Do you think? If you had the money? Probably. Yeah? Yeah. I think they're very expensive to maintain.
1: Oh, well, you don't buy a car like that <laughs> unless you're ready to, A, maintain it, insure it. And
0: um, crash it and then just get another and one. And all that other
1: kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. You know. Less than a month after the movie's release, UK fencing club saw an increase in the number of people interested in taking up the activity. On guard. Yep. Ching, ching, yeah. ching. Bang, 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 bang. And Pierce disliked the gadgets and overblown effects of this movie and suggested the producers go back to more low key, darker roots. Coincidentally, after Brosnan left, the next Bond movie was low key and darker, which takes us to 2006. Casino Royale, and the new Bond, James Bond. Yes, yeah. You Know My Name, written by David Arnold, and Chris Cornell, who also sang it, he was the late lead singer of Soundgarden and Auto Slave, or a couple of hit groups he was in. And I didn't particularly care for the song when it first came out, but it's actually become maybe one of my top fives.
1: Time heals all wounds.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good song. And added a very exciting feeling to the beginning of the movie, like, you know, a new beginning with a new Bond. And of course, it had that very high intensity chase scene at the beginning, which we'll get to in a moment. But just to mention another couple of things here, once again, the James Bond theme was heard in it. But also David Arnold embellished Monty Norman's James Bond theme and renamed it The Name's Bond, James Bond. So it starts out a little slow, but then it goes into the down down with the, the old uh, Dwayne Eddy guitar. Right. And so Daniel Craig's now James Bond, and the way Bond orders his first vodka martini at the poker game was lifted directly from the Ian Fleming novels, because he wasn't sure how to order it at first. That's where they were putting fruit in it and things like that. I
1: thought it was shaken, not stirred.
0: No, it was was an interesting way that they ordered it, and I, I don't have that script in front of me, but... Go back, next time you watch it, there's a whole drink-ordering sequence that takes about a minute.
1: Really? I will go back and check it out. That's interesting.
0: And Daniel Craig initially rejected the part of James Bond because he felt that the series had settled into a standard formula, but then he changed his mind when he read the finished script
1: and knew it would make him a scrillionaire.
0: That's true, and yep. that now this was where he was saying he was getting too old, but the opening parkour chase took several weeks to film. That's where they're jumping from the cranes and running through the partially constructed building and running up yep. the walls yep. and jumping about you know. And Craig claimed to be in a state of pain for most of the shoot due to the many vigorous stunts that he was required to perform. But I would say, well, that's your own fault because you should have said, "I want a stunt man to do some of these."
1: Too bad they didn't have any product placement from a well. leaf.
0: <laughs> that would have worked great. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe some cannabis outfit. <laughs> Cure a leaf. I don't know what that is. It's a legalized cannabis company. Oh. Buy some stock. Sure. And in one afternoon shooting, three Aston Martin DB-9s, valued at $300,000 each, were destroyed. Wow. Man, I just go and get the tires off of it. Well, I'll tell
1: you, I got a local body shop that could probably uh, (laughs) turn that around for you. That'll
0: buff out. Yeah. About two years passed, so they made this second movie, Quantum of Solace, pretty quickly. This was the one that was shot in the desert, and it wasn't one of my favorites. The song is my least favorite of all time. Jack White of the White Stripes and Alicia Keys. A lot of screaming in it. Not a really good James Bond theme. Right. But there was the James Bond theme also in the movie. Daniel Craig injured at least three times during the movie. Mm -hmm. Most prominent ones, an injury to the face, which required four stitches. Another to his shoulder, which required six surgical screws. And he went around with his arm in a sling for a while. And then his head was injured and one of his fingertips was sliced off. Holy cow. Yeah. He, he laughed it off, though, saying that not only did it delay filming, but he also joked that his finger would enable him to have a criminal career because he wouldn't have a fingerprint. Good God. But it grew back when he made his comment. So Wow. Uh, but weird. And then uh, James Bond and leading Bond girl Camille, who was Olga Kurilenko, share a kiss in the movie but do not make love, making it a first for a James Bond film.
1: Well wow. Well,
0: Abstinence.
1: Makes the heart grow fonder.
0: No means no, say.
1: That's right. I
0: was catching on at the time.
1: Indeed. A great observation on your part.
0: Also, let me make another very dry humor here. Chile's Actacarna Desert, where the finale was filmed, is the driest region on Earth, with no record of measurable rainfall ever having occurred there.
1: Interesting footnote.
0: That's the place you want to go for a very dry martini.
1: <laughs> the driest.
0: Uh, the Aston Martin DB5 makes a return in the movie due to a three-movie $100 million deal they had with Ford. And so they had the exclusive product placement rights, but they said, hey, let's bring the old one out of here. And we'll just drive that for a while. Right. Craig was not fond of this production and said that thanks to this, he'd never do a movie without a script nailed down again.
1: Not a bad uh, decision.
0: And never say never again, <laughs> Skyfall 2012 comes along. I guess they had the script nailed down because he's yeah. back. Adele wrote the music for this, performed the song. Paul Ebworth wrote the lyrics, and it won an Oscar. It was the only one to actually win an Oscar.
1: Congratulations to
0: Adele. That was a good song. Very kind of Shirley Bassius. I mean, not as blasting, but pretty good. I think she hit some notes in there that not a lot of people can hit right also in the movie boom boom written yep John Lee Hooker the writer there Yeah. boom 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 cool tune yeah and then the James Bond theme again and now they David Arnold brought back the names Bond James Bond in 50 years of James Bond movies only the second one in which Bond suffers a gunshot wound
1: (laughs) proving once again that criminals
0: are bad shots Yep, he was only shot yep. one other time in Thunderball. Yeah. And then, after receiving a personal invitation from Queen Elizabeth, Daniel Craig appeared as James Bond in the promotion of the movie at the opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympic Games in London.
1: Yeah, I saw that pretty good.
0: Pretty well done. They originally entitled it The Arrival, but later it was known as Happy and Glorious. Ah. I'm not sure which was happy and which was glorious. <laughs> And it was the final of 23 Bond movies where trumpet player Derek Watkins played. He worked in the music department on every Bond film since he was 17 years old and worked on Dr. No.
1: Wow.
0: And he died in 2013, four months after release of the movie. And there was an interesting thing because this is the movie in which M dies. And she had a porcelain bulldog on her desk that was draped in a Union Jack, and apparently the bulldog figurines were created by Royal Dalton during World War II to represent patriotism. And there's also two of them on John Hurt's desk in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy in 2011. Continuity. And Ray Fiennes was also in that movie as Tinker Tailor. So a lot of weaving back and forth because Fiennes takes over as M. M in the next movie. And then Daniel Craig told Rolling Stone that he wanted this to be his third and final movie, saying, I've been trying to get out of this from the moment I got into it, but they won't let me go. And he Mm -hmm. signed for two more movies, though, Spectre and No Time to Die, because every time you try to get out, they drag you back in. Mm -hmm. Especially when there's a great, big, fat check attached to it. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) specter In 2015, the theme from that one, I kind of like Sam Smith, but a pretty wimpy song. Mm. The Writings on the Wall, Jimmy Napes, the lyrics. And then once again, James Bond theme, and the name's Bond, James Bond, Mm -hmm. David Arnold. Uh, Daniel Craig said that it was getting harder and harder to get fit for the shirtless scenes. Well, I'm sure it was. Age 47 then, he said, I'm getting my kit off for this movie. Whatever That's, that means. I know. It's some British term. I don't know what that means. but Yeah. Monica Bellucci previously auditioned as a Bond girl before being cast in the movie back in 1997 in an interview for Playboy. Pierce Brosnan said that she had screen tested for one of two leading roles as Paris Carver in Tomorrow Never Dies, but the casting went to Terry Hatcher. Huh. But she did come back and actually got a gig, so good for her. The opening scene that's set in the Day of the Dead Parade, it's unique for a Bond movie in that it looks like it was all shot in one take, but it was actually done in three.
1: Ah, the magic of Hollywood Mm -hmm. on display, yeah.
0: They fixed it in post.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: And I do wonder about the helicopter that was flying there. That They couldn't have been flying it above the crowd as closely as they were. Although they said in one of the movies that they were shooting the movie in the middle of traffic and the general public wasn't aware of what was going on. So hmm. maybe, you know, you get in some of those countries, they don't care. You grease the right people, you can do whatever you want.
1: Imagine that.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> be like working on the dock someplace. Hello. Uh, James Bond, new car in this movie. Aston Martin, DB. What do you think? What number do you think? Ten. Good guess. We had the five. We had the eight. Now the ten. CEO of Aston Martin tweeted. See, this is how we're getting more current here. He actually tweeted. It's strictly created for James Bond and limited to ten cars only. The most exclusive car of the DB series ever. But that drove the price up.
1: You better believe it.
0: So that takes us up to now. Yes, John. The final movie, No Time to Die. It's listed in IMDb as a 2020 movie, but of course, due to COVID, it didn't come out till right. 2021. No Time to Die, written by Billy Eilish, music by Phidias O'Connell. Sure, and it's a fine Irish name, you know.
1: Yes, indeed it is.
0: And again, sorry, Billy, not one of my favorite themes have have you seen the movie yet as of this I, recording i have not oh my john i am very disappointed in you oh well very that's very the, way the
1: cookie crumbles
0: well then i for you and for any listeners we have out there, have very few things to say about this because I don't want to be a big spoiler. I did mention that there are several cues back to Honor yeah. Majesty's Secret Service. And one is that theme written and performed by John Barry. It's got the James Bond theme. And the closing credit is We Have All the Time in the World, performed by Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Music by John Barry, lyrics by Hal David. Now, in this, Craig said that he would retire from the role of James Bond if he felt he was too old to play the character. Well, he is, and he did. Yeah. <laughs> and Barbara Broccoli, the producer, said of this Bond movie Bond is not on active service when we start the film. He's enjoying himself while in Jamaica and starts his journey there. Okay. And reportedly, Craig handpicked cuban actress anna de armas to play paloma in the movie after working with her on knives out in 2019 did you you see that one
1: yeah i liked it a lot
0: yeah it was actually pretty good yeah i at first i thought his southern accent was going to be pretty corny but he pulled it off all right yeah i did and then this will be the first james bond movie that was totally shot in imax
1: which is nice if anybody ever goes back to an IMAX theater.
0: Well, that's where I saw it. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Previous Bond films that were exhibited in IMAX were up-converted. Yeah, yeah. This was actually shot with an IMAX camera. I mean, and no. let me tell you, I mentioned it before, that there is an opening action sequence scene okay. with the DB5. I'm sold. That car, I I remarked to my wife, they really did a nice detailed job on that. The paint was just crystal clear on the car. You could tell there was something going on with the film or the filming because it was just so crystal clear. So that's why it was shot with an actual IMAX. Yeah, big screen, big sound. I mean, that's really where you got to go see that. All right, then. The hypercar also seen behind Q in the wind tunnel that really isn't referred to is an Aston Martin Valkyrie. Oh. And I guess this could be a spoiler, but Christoph Waltz returned. Don't do it. Well, now he returns as Blofeld, but it was supposed to be a secret and a surprise for moviegoers. However, he was spotted on the lot at Pinewood Studios during photography where he allegedly said to someone something like, you haven't seen me. (laughs) But once The Secret was out, they actually used it as part of the publicity promotion and had him in the credits and trailers. So I guess that's not a spoiler. But I'm stopping there. No, that's not a spoiler. Okay. It's not. Yeah. But the rest, as I said before... I really thought the movie was quite, quite good, but I am conflicted about several things, and I think we'll take a a breath here with all of this Bond stuff, and somewhere down the road, we'll just briefly discuss this after you've seen it and most of our listeners have.
1: Sounds good to me.
0: All right. So now, we talked about what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? And we've been threatening for some time to do Gross Point Blank.
1: How about Gross Point Blank?
0: (laughs) good idea okay then then i think we invite you to like us and retweet us and what else we got to do subscribe yeah which we still haven't come up with a subscribe button oh i've got to post all of these on youtube also i think okay and that's going to be another endeavor But I think you subscribe there. You create a YouTube channel and you subscribe there. But when those tweets come out, which are Facebook posts and tweets, when you see them, you get them, you retweet them, and tell all your friends about the Movie Ticket Radio podcast, okay?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. J.R. Russ and...
1: Oh, that's me, John (laughs) (laughs) Landdecker.
0: Saying goodbye and shake us but don't stir us.
1: Indeed. Movie Ticket Radio.